It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 91. Image of the fentanyl. Uh, photos of you on fentanyl. Hey, your aunt's got some photos of you on fentanyl. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly baby? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows, the TARDIS would be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a unity, but it's first. Resulting reaction. Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, uh, your tri-weekly classic Doctor Who review podcast. It is a sunny uh, Sunday morning at quarter to 11 Eastern time. Set your watches, friends. Uh, it's me, ESG, joined as always by... Oh, I didn't realize I was here. I thought we were going to do news and traffic first before I came in. Yep. At the top of the show. Hi, Eric. How's your daylight saving time? Oh, it's the... For those of you not in America, yeah, we, we have. To, I don't know if anyone does this elsewhere in the world. I'm going to guess that we're the only idiots that do this. I'm yeah, so tired. It sucks. I, I, I uh, I'm so fine dumb. with this time. Like we set our clocks ahead, so it's lighter yes. a little bit later. Let's sure. just we're fine here. Everything's, everything's fine. Okay. We don't need to go back again, so it's darker yeah. in the winter. Let's just stay here. I know there's some stay, like different stay. theories about why we have it. Why not? I always it's thought it was just baloney. to make people work longer in the fields. It was like, I'm pretty sure you know, that's it, which is still pretty appropriate related. for our agrarian society. So yes, that makes sense. Yes, yes. Well, Dan, yes. do you have anything to share with our listeners since uh, the last three weeks when we met in, in secret? No, I've actually been in a cryo sleep since oh. then. So for me, no time has passed at all. It's just going from one to the next. Uh, the story was fed directly into my prefrontal cortex. Um, so I kind of experienced the story instead of watched it, per se. Right. Um, but, yeah. We get our Doctor Who intravenously. It's a little drip. A little... I vape it. Oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it tastes like uh, Tom Baker's scarf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's kind get into musty. it, man. Let's just get right into the. Whoa, image he's just—he's uh, taking his shoes Fendel. off. He's getting comfortable. I did. I—I just... I also have my tea, so I feel very uh, British. Huh. Drinking some spearmint tea. I don't think that's British. Dan is literally vaping. We're big vapors. You can send uh, your vape products. No, don't send vape products. No, and also I don't vape because that's that's no. That's unless you're talking about uh, the woohoo. Yeah, Dan. That's that's how I wake up in the morning. <laughs> the best part of waking up is yeah. Okay, uh, so Folgers in just, your cup. Should we just talk about? Uh, yeah, let's just talk about uh, the image of image Fendel. Of... So well, you can what? Hang on. Hold on. What? Were we supposed to talk image, about other Doctor Image movies? of image of the Fendel. Uh, image of the Fendel. Yes. Just one. The Fendel. Fe- fle- the Fendel. Grendel. The the Max Steel. Max Steel, right? There was a guy <laughs> named Max Steel. Max Million Steel. Yeah, some pretty <laughs> dumb remember. names in this uh, story, but we didn't get to it, so you got to hit the button. It doesn't matter. You won't remember any of the names yeah, anyway. it's so fine. Cool. Hit the button, Dan. Uh, all right. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> 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 
Will he be all right? Shh. I don't know. It will be all right. It just has a little corrosion in its circuits. I can call K9 here if I want to. You call the TARDIS she? Never. You do? I've heard you. I called it she just a moon ago. And another thing, it is quite clear to me that you cannot control this old machine either. This story, Dan, is uh, the third serial of the 15th season, uh, Lucky Number 15. It comes from 1977. Uh, That's when this story came out, one of my favorite years uh, for content. (laughs) It was was written by uh, Chris Boucher, Boucher, Boker. Someone did correct us on how to pronounce his name in the past. No longer remember what you said. So I'm going to call him Chris uh, Bocher, a very good writer uh, who everything that he's written, and this is his last story, unfortunately, for Doctor Who, I've really liked. So uh, uh, tip of the hat to you, Chris. Uh, this is directed. <laughs> this is directed. He put on a hat. He put a hat I actually on put just on a to hat. tip it and then took it off. I have like a little case in the side with my hats uh, that it's I take out for easy uh, reach. just the occasion. This was directed by George Spenton Foster of the Spenton Foster Rileys. Uh, this uh, he was known for his night shooting, so they had to bring in George night Spenton shooting, Foster. Night shooting, night shooting. Uh, when the night gets dangerous, <laughs> no, no one wants this. No one wants this. <laughs> this is uh, the uh, story was edited by Robert Holmes, one of the greatest classic Doctor Who writers, uh, and uh, this was his last story. So this was the end of the Robert Holmes, I guess, story editor. Uh, epic yard. Uh, what's the word? Uh, run. The sure. end of the Robert Holmes story editor run. Uh, he was replaced by uh, Anthony Reed, who uh, actually is not credited, but did a lot of work on the story edits for the last couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. A sonic time scan uh, has drawn the Doctor and Leela to Earth, where a group of scientists led by a genius electronics wizard with an accent of unknown origin, have discovered a 12-million-year-old human skull. What unfolds is a tale of black magic occultists, Dr. Strange's gold-painted mother, and a new outfit for Leela. Yay! Dan, what did you think of Image of the uh, Fentanyl? (laughs) I'm just going to keep running that fentanyl joke to the ground until it wears off. Too soon. Um... Don't mess around with fentanyl, guys. It's very dangerous. Go, Dan. More for us. Uh, okay, fine, fine. What do I think? What do I think? Uh, it was fine. It was fine? It was a fine story. It was a fine story. It was fine. Okay. I love Tom Baker, okay. so anything he does is going to be uh, charming and quirky. Um, I think he had a lot of moments that were uh, really fun little throwaway things, like when he's, um, I think in the second episode, he's... Uh, being confronted by uh, an unseen monster before we know what what we're dealing with here, and his legs are paralyzed, and he tells them, "Come on, legs, move!" and does that whole thing. I think that's adorable. That stuff's great. Yeah, he's got. Uh, uh, I know you're you're in the middle of you're doing your thing. It's fine. I don't I don't care. But to to piggyback <laughs> on uh, you, just like the piggyback party from 1986, we all remember. Uh, he is. This is like Tom Baker at his best. With those kind of things, like when he says there's three minutes to go and he shows four fingers to the guy, but he says three minutes or when he offers the jelly baby to the skull or when he just like all the crap about the fruitcake was just uh, extremely charming. Uh, But yeah, but go on. I just loved uh, 
This this episode, I gotta wait till I go. You go. Yeah, you gotta wait for your, your turn. <laughs> Although I I don't have a whole lot to say. It, I like the the overall tone. I like um, the gothic setting. Uh, those those types of kind of horror Doctor Who stories. I know that you're a big fan of those, so I appreciate that. I just I think I'm gonna end up after we talk through this liking it more than I did at the time. Um, I found it a little slow. I don't think the horror elements really worked very well. Um, I don't think that the the overall atmosphere really worked. And I and I think if I'd seen this uh, maybe as a kid in 1977, I was I was one, so it probably would have gone a lot of it. Probably would have gone over my head. Um, <clears throat> I think I would have been much uh, more pleased with it and scared. But I didn't really find it all that. I didn't think the horror aspects worked all that well. I think the uh, the the Fendal themselves. I'm sure pronouncing this wrong. Um, the Fendaline, they weren't particularly effective. They looked like giant seahorse slugs going to a party, a birthday party, with little streamers coming out of their mouths. Like, that was horrible. But other parts of it looked really great. Like, this, the slimy tail as it's moving out of, out of frame and, and the kind of gill things that are moving on the sides of it and the way that it actually was kind of uh, operated um, were very cool. But then they had, like, party streamers sticking out of its mouth. It was just, like, that kind of... Uh, encapsulates the entire story for me. Like, overall, really great elements, but then there's just some, certain things that just didn't work. Um, so, yeah. I, I love the supporting cast. I think Gran, the, the grandmother, was fantastic. I, uh, she was um, kind of acerbic. Uh, she also, you know, had a central role in it. Um, yeah, she was great. She had Ma- that, that Martha line, like, Tyler. One of these days I'm going to be too old for this uh, was a great little line that she had at the end. Um she was great. The the sporting cast was good. I just overall the whole thing just didn't gel for me in a way that really would have worked. Um, anyway, that's that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. I'm sure that you will convince me because I have a feeling that you liked it more than I did. I love yeah, for sure. Dan, of, of course, course I did. loved it. Of course, it's did. the seventies, uh, occultist, satanist, pentagrams that you scan a skull and it has a pentagram in the skull. That was such a cool little detail. That was cool. You had the fog and the darkness. I wish there were more exterior shots, and I understand maybe yeah. there's some budget limitations or whatever. There's like a handful. You get like the jogger in the beginning through the fog, but I loved the look of the fog. Uh, and then the doctor uh, walks through the fog later on with Leela, but I, I really loved it. There are things yeah. that, that maybe didn't work as well. Um, I feel like the time distortion, the sonic time distortion bit, where they introduce, okay, well, it's going to make the planet implode or whatever. And the doctor literally just shuts off the machine at one point. He's like, check that box. And then he's like, yeah. and then they go on to like the, the more fitting thing. But, oh, God, the makeup, like it was like a Pan's Labyrinth like thing with the painted on eyes on top of her mm. golden body. I refer to her as Dr. Strange's mother because it's literally ben- Benedict Cumberbatch's yes, it is. mom. So uh, that was cool to sort of learn. But I thought she was great. I really liked her uh, character. I wish she had more scenes. I felt like you know, they had a little bit something going on with her and the connection to the skull, but you don't really know why she's connected to the skull or why the Fendal picked her as the host or the you yeah. know to, to be the what do they call her? The the core or the source? The or chosen I can't one. Remember She's the chosen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved the idea that you had to get thirteen. You know, and it's like a reverse of Christianity with the the Jesus and the 
uh, apostles and everything, and you get to get thir- the 13 pieces to form this thing, and I thought that was very cool. I thought, you already talked about Mother Tyler or whatever, Martha Tyler, I don't remember her name, the old woman. She was fantastic. I thought uh, her nephew was funny. I thought all the bits with them sort of being like the family where, you know, he she's trying to give him the little trinket, and he's like, I don't believe in this, and he's like, oh, for you, whatever. Yeah. I found... Um, What's his face? Uh, Adam Colby, right? To be like, I wanted him to be wearing like an ascot or like to to tie mm-hmm. like the way he delivered his lines, like a sweater around his thing. Like my daddy paid for this thing. Like all of his delivery yeah. was a little much. Like he was almost incredibly annoying. And then as the the story went, his shirt just started to unbutton. Did you find that weird? Like I like every time he I was on, he was that. like too hammy. Right, okay. so I, I felt like the scientists, aside from uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's mother, who I should say her name instead of referring to her as uh, through her son, it is uh, I'm looking Bentham. up Wanda Ventham. Right, I hope yep. I get your you name right. She was good, it. I thought, and she the was great. the other cast was good, but the other three scientists. So you have um, Fendelman, right? Uh, because yes. of the man of the Fendels. Yep. I mentioned his accent, like. I was like, is this supposed yeah. to be a German accent? I guess it was, I thought it was German, German, but then it s- sounded like maybe it was French. Like, it almost sounded like he was doing uh, uh, the Pink Panther guy, who I can't think of oh. right now. But it was like, it's like what, what is that accent? I couldn't... What, Clouseau? And he, yeah, he felt like he's supposed to be this genius electronics, and they say that weird sort of joke about, like, well, he, how could he be electronics baron? He's not Japanese. Uh, Very strange. Yeah, but, like, he didn't fit to me, like, that actor and his characterization of that actor didn't fit, like, an electronics wizard genius. And I don't know why. It just felt like he felt miscast to me for him. Yeah. So, but he was okay. The other Just guy fine. that was, like, the main bad guy, I felt, Max Stale or Steel or whatever, Maximilian, yep. he also, like, all of a sudden he was this the cult leader and that he wanted the power, great, but he felt like a little bit underdeveloped too. It was like, and then he just and there's lots of suicide and people getting shot in the face and the um he 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 suicides himself at one point. But I felt he was a little bit. He was weak. incredibly under underwritten. Uh, yeah, from the beginning, he was just weird in the first couple of, of episodes of the story. Like you couldn't quite get a beat on what's going on with him. Something strange is happening. But well, yeah, nothing, his yeah nothing. his intro is like the the guy like my daddy paid for this. He's like, why don't you end the day with a smile? Like, and he says that thing, yeah. and you're like, okay, well, this guy's kind of grumpy. But then they they did it wasn't anything about him. And then he was sort of work, and they play it up like the uh, Fendelman is the bad guy, right? Because he's right. Preventing, they find a uh, murdered jogger. There's always a killed jogger in these things, and he's always. like, you know, we can't call the police. And then he's on the side telling this guy, like, hey, you know, you do an all- secret autopsy, and we'll figure it out. But then it turns out he's actually not a bad guy at all. He's actually well, pretty much a good guy. He's just, I mean, he the- might be. He's morally questionable, but he's not. Yeah, yeah not but the, I mean, he's, he, he's convinced that it is aliens. He figures out right. that it's a danger, and he does try to stop it. So, I mean, the only thing yeah. that he does is he doesn't call the police because he's, he feels like the, the the work is more important than anything. So, in that sense, he's sure. bad. But he wasn't, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. out for power. The other thing but is, then, like, the covens, right? So, you have this other character that gets introduced 
that's Ted like Moss. one of the townspeople. And he's like Ted really, Moss, yeah. other than just saying, like just being in that circle, like what was his deal? Like what was his point? He was just working with Max. Right. But otherwise, like he also wasn't really he developed. He didn't have so much to do. It was like they had these, they had multiple things in. But again, I think it was great. I liked I liked. I enjoyed the whole thing. I love the atmosphere. Once she was like painted out, and like the costume design on her was amazing. The costume design on the the fentanyl, the fendal, was terrible. Like the I, you talked you about it, it being ter- bad. terrible the whole way, whole way through. Like I, I think the design itself, like if it was just sketched on a paper, I think it was actually really effective. It was literally like it, it was just the head and the party streamer mouth. That was the only thing that really bothered me. Everything else was, I think, okay, especially for the era. I think it was okay. It was it was a pretty interesting creature, different than the other things that we've seen. Well, um, I was I would say the opposite. I feel like it was very derivative of everything we've seen. It's always like this so. long, sluggish thing, which is probably easy to produce, with some kind of face thing that would differentiate it. But it felt like we, this could have been in any story, those creatures. It didn't, right. Right? Uh, uh, these these yeah, planet from the fifth planet... And like for for a creature that 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 eats life, like the way she was was amazing. It doesn't really fit. Right. Her thing doesn't fit in with these right. slug things. Yes, like I, I, I feel yeah, if they were all golden weirdos, it would have been great. Like if instead of people turning into slugs, if they also were painted gold, I would have that liked would to have, have seen a little cool. consistency in the uh, design between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally right. I wasn't. I I wasn't expecting her. Uh, when Thea's placed in the middle of the pentagram and the cultists are around her and she's doing that transformation, that she would turn into that. <laughs> We've seen, you got glimpses of the, the fentanyls before, and they look nothing like that. Yeah, right. that, that is a really good point. And, and, and again, I, I really like this story. I would, would watch it again, absolutely. The, the pacing, I think for me, it was the pacing was so slow. Like, there were a lot of great moments, um, but there was a lot of wandering down corridors there is and Just, what i was gonna say is there's a lot of so re- slow there's a lot of repeated moments so you see a yeah. lot of her lying on the pentagram or her raising up or her just spinning around and then you see this over and over and over again yeah which you know i think maybe if this was three episodes instead of four episodes it may have been like a tighter uh yeah thing. I, I agree you, or, or just fit more in or give us more time with the other characters right but and anything. a thing but that i think could definitely be cut was the Doctor and Leela, I guess we should probably talk about the story, but at one point they figure out, the Doctor's like, oh, these are the, the Fendals. They come from this fifth planet. Let's mm-hmm. go there. And they follow, like, I forget how they know where to go, but he gets in the TARDIS, and they go in the TARDIS, and they realize that that planet is now hidden behind some Time Lord Time loop. mumbo-jumbo. And then they go back. Like, that whole yeah. trip was is, like, for no reason. I mean, they didn't need you. You didn't need that part of the story. The doctor and Leela didn't need to leave. You could have cut all of that out. I felt like you could cut all of that out. Yeah, I mean, it did, it did serve the point of the story, though that that these are some ancient this ancient race, twelve million years old, that eats all of life. Like that. That's a pretty interesting concept. But and, but you would have to under you would have to wonder since the Time Lords kind of serve in some unappointed, unofficial, you know, 
intergalactic police uh, putting things right that they that they would intervene at some point. Right, but um, he could have so said it's that. Just showing that that he happened. Did that in dialogue? I mean, you didn't need to they, have no, them were, leave. They, uh-huh. they, there's like a whole scene where they get in the TARDIS and then they fly to the planet. I get that. And then they look at the screen. And it was like you know. Strong you could, disagree though, because I think there's a lot of times in here where they just kind of. I had to. I uh, several times I had to stop, rewind, and listen to what they're saying because there was so much exposition about what was happening. And in this, at least you got. To, you weren't doing that in the middle of a hallway or, or just in a in a lab somewhere. At least we got to go someplace and do something, even if it was kind of minimal in that way. At least it was something um, because I feel like there was a lot of exposition in this story, and and I and I don't mind that typically. Like I love the mythology. Give it to me however you you, you can fit into the story, but. <sighs> At least something happened there. I feel like, like just can't. I think the thing that just bothers me the most is the pacing, and it didn't slow pacing where it can build up a feeling of dread and suspense is one thing, but that didn't work for me at all. So for me, it was just waiting to get to the next moment and just killed any momentum that we had. So the fact that we're actually going someplace to see something, even if it is just look on the view screen. At least it's something. It's not a poorly lit hallway. Yeah. See, um, I have the I opposite opinion as you. We're just on uh, that different weird. We I felt like that hurt the pacing. Like, I felt like you were building up this sp- uh, supernatural dread, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, they're now in the TARDIS. The TARDIS room feels very bad. I, I can't remember, like, doesn't it feel like, like there's it's very plain looking? Like, there was something about the TARDIS. Maybe it's just because we're jumping all around. That I felt like it felt even cheaper than it normally does. Like the the, me, the center console was wobbling yes. more than I remember. Yes. The, the the background decorations felt very like plain. And maybe it it's just because it to having... me like it was showing its age. I know that there was one story that we did, and this is one of the problems. It was like jumping all around um, all these different stories. I know that at one point we saw the first story where they had kind of revised the the console. You know. The control room where it was very much the same style, just kind of updated because it was falling apart. I think this must be before that because it really does. You're right. The the time rotor, the central part of the console is just like really wobbling back and forth. And the whole thing looks like it's about to fall apart. Um, yeah. So that you're right. I, and I can see like if if all of the those moments of suspense were building towards something and that had been effective for me, then I can see why jumping out of that into the brightly lit console room where you're kind of losing all of that momentum would, would be counterproductive. But because I was so not bored, it just didn't, it wasn't effective. It wasn't building up a sense of momentum and dread for me. See, I liked that. It didn't bother me. Yeah. I like the editing too in this, that like they were using sound and it's like, of course everything's a sonic something or other, but it's like a sonic sure. time what was it, Sonic Time Distorter or Time Scan, Sonic, time time, but it's a yeah. sound-based thing. I right. liked when you would hear the sound, and then you would see the skull, and the skull's glowing, and then they show her, and they're superimposing the two back and forth. Like, all the trippy elements of this but I thought were great. they did that so many times, and each time they did it, it lasted so long. <laughs> like, the first time was very, it was cool, because, like, okay, what the heck is going on? Right. Um, but then they did it. Three more times after that, and each one was a full minute. Long. Well, that was yeah. As okay. she as she became more uh, involved sure. in the thing, it reminded me too. And I've talked about this in the show before. And I love the melding of the supernatural or the religious with science, mm-hmm. and you get like mm-hmm. John Carpenter's uh, Prince of Darkness. So this remind like when you have like the pentagram in the basement, 
and there's cables like on the floor and like there's like computer monitors but there's also satan and all that stuff worked so i was probably already prepped to like this whereas uh you were finding yourself bored i could have watched more of the trippy stuff with her head flashing and the the skull and all that stuff i would have seen more of it if it was more and different but it was the same effect over and over again it was effective the first time it didn't really do anything for me when they kept repeating it. Anyway, I, th- these are minor criticisms. What did you Overall, think? Like I said, it was fine. Yeah, what did you think, just uh, story aside, what did you think of Leela and the Doctor's relationship? Because I remember when we first yeah. started covering Leela and Tom Baker, or uh, uh, Jenna, Louise J- Jameson, right? Is her name? Mm-hmm. That they, maybe they didn't like each other and there was some whatever tension. I felt like... They seemed to get along pretty well in this, and I liked all the little moments that they had. I yeah. liked the him on top of her, and like she's like, "You're very heavy," but it wasn't creepy, but it was like right, kind of funny. Right. Yes, um, and they seemed like they had a good chemistry. I felt like they had a good chemistry in this. I agree. Although yeah, I hated I think- her, I hated the color of her dress. It was so like pale. And her skin complexion, it, like, mm-hmm. made it feel like maybe she was wearing a lot of makeup. Or Did you notice anything? Yeah. Obviously, you're supposed to notice her boobs. That. Like, the whole thing is, like, half of the thing is just, like, cleavage of her popping out of the of the dress. But I felt like the color combo with her face and the short hair. And I yeah. actually looked that up because she normally has long hair that someone at the BBC had cut her hair too short. So they had to do That's it up. That's what they say, yeah. yeah. But I didn't – like, it was, like, a weird – a combo of colors and style that was did not do her any favors. I I agree. I think something something in her complexion didn't didn't work with that. There were certain scenes where she just she didn't look like herself at all. Um, there was a scene in the cottage, uh, Grant's cottage, and it was very apparent there because there's a lot of earth tones in the set around her, uh, the, the way the rest of the cast is, and she just looked very pale and ruddy in the face, and that the the. Hair didn't help. That was really a very bad choice. And I saw the same thing, that they inadvertently cut several inches off her hair before shooting this. So I thought she was great, though. Like, I liked her. I thought she did a really good job. She was a good companion. I liked- She's an interesting companion. I mean, this is the same thing she always does, is the, uh, there's a guard, I'll kill him. Like, yeah, that sort that- of dynamic is, is kind of fun. And it, doesn't, it didn't really wear on me where it's, it can at other times, because that's just, like, it it felt like the doctor and Leela that that um, friction around that was actually kind of playful and fun as a you know as fun as murder can be uh, without being um, you know over the top or yeah it yeah. was it was one thing was sort of almost annoying was the whatever they're going for with the doctor calling canine it and her calling it a he and then they sort of play back and forth and then at the end he calls. Uh, canine a he and he's like because i can and it and i get it's supposed to be sort of playful but it's like well where does this dynamic because if i was her i would be like this guy's a dick i don't want to hang out (laughs) on this thing anymore i mean it it, it wasn't like uh colin colin baker level or peter davison versus tegan level of animosity towards each other but i guess it's just you know supposed to show that he's sort of like i don't know like um What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, he's like a blowhard in a way. Yeah, or he's kind yeah, of, yeah. I don't know. It, 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 it was fine. Everything's fine. That final scene, now that you bring it up, I, I remember 
when I was watching it, it felt so disconnected. Like, so the whole point of the scene is that they have this little comedy moment at the end where she comes back in and she's wearing her original, a version of her original outfit. Apparently, it's it was the costume was being remade because uh, the original one was a leotard and falling apart. Uh, but anyway, she comes back in and she's wearing her original outfit and he says, oh, I like your, your new dress. And she's like, this is my old one. So, bah, 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 but bah, does she funny. go back to the old one in the next, the next one we saw actually, I think is Sunmakers. Sunmakers. I just can't yes, remember. She's in, she is in the brown leather. So does this thing. light one only make an appearance in this story? I believe so. And from what I was reading, it was because the costume designer was making a new version of the original okay. one. A new sexier version of the original but anyway so they, they come back and they do that moment then they do the moment with K9 that references their kind of thing banter from the beginning but the whole tone of that scene just felt really strange everything was kind of shot a little bit low and pointing up everything just felt odd and I didn't know if it was supposed to be creepy but it that actually felt more creepy than the rest of the story. <laughs> like, everyone felt a little off kilter. I was like, wait, are they possessed? Like, what is happening here? But I think it was just. I think they all felt nervous because they're trying to pull a fast one because it's obviously in the future. Her hair is long again. They're all the stuff with K9, which I guess K9, they wrote the script before they knew K9 was going to be in it. So they tacked on these K9 scenes at the start and the end. He's it's not even voiced. They're clearly tacked on, right? I get, yeah, maybe that's all that it was, but it just it just felt it. I don't know. It's something about it struck me as very odd. Anyway, very unimportant part of this whole thing. Um, I mean, we're we're covering a lot of it. I, I I like the 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 mixture of the the occult with um, especially grand and the old religion. That kind of stuff was very very fun. With like you said before, the charms and like the salt, um, like but, where salt over well, your shoulder the, comes from is right. So they they have some of those things where it's like you know the the. Doctor's theory is that when the the Fendalin came to Earth, they kind of influenced potentially uh, humanity's evolution, and that's where the dark parts of humanity come from. For example, and there's certain things like that that, and he, he kind of couches it. Well, it could be this way, or it could be more science based. And the scientists like, oh, I could I could kind of understand that, and blah blah blah. That stuff's kind of cool. Um, but I, the fact that they're just their vulnerability is rock salt was just a little. I don't know. I know that that's a big thing because, you know, I'm an, I'm an occult expert. I'm part of a coven. Uh, but, the, you know, rings of salt as being, like, a, a superstitious thing, and, like, that is a very powerful, and the Grand says that at one point that it's, it's you know, the most effective charm. But, like, that that's the thing that destroys them. So it's, it's basically just, you know, killing space slugs with salt. With yeah. The, well, I think that's that. what lent, lent them yes. to c- come up with the salt f- or slug form was all about the salt right just tying it back into the salt i like i like the salt just because it it ties it into human history so and and then they do they do that for ghosts too right the doctor's like oh the reason why there are ghosts is because everywhere there's a ghost there's a time fissure or whatever yeah i actually like that a lot the fact that that grant having grown up there that whole town everyone's you know sees ghosts or the that's part of the even the town names around the area is because of the um you know, because of that, the being by that time schism. That's not the word. I'm looking rift. Rift is a word. Yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, she gets premonitions, and she's kind of helping them figure out what's going on when they're inside the house. Is you know, is the power still growing? Where is it? Blah blah. blah. That was that was kind of cool. It's very know. much of its era, right? So it's like the '70s, sure. the ancient 
uh, astronauts, that whole thing about right. how aliens influence the pyramids and human development. And, and that's a part of this. You know, eventually the doctor's like, this thing is able to manipulate creatures around it, which is why mankind is so dark. The darkness of mankind came from from this skull, which yeah. has been working a system to get to the point to manipulate this family, the Fendelsons or Fendelmans, <laughs> to eventually create this sonic beam that will enable give it power. It to, like, yeah. That part is very like convoluted, like the whole. Yeah sonic thing to give it power and then get the 13 people but it's all fine yeah yeah, yeah. they have a toy line for this uh particular uh story that it, it looks very cool so i don't know if any of our listeners oh. have it but you can get like a little leela action figure that's cool and one of the big uh big fendaline fendalines or i guess it's a fendal because it's the big well, one the big ones okay, and i guess yeah, it's a fendaline right. i guess it's a fendaline because eh, right? the fendal is the gold golden goose Right. Although she turns into a big worm, right? Or they show the worm superimposed over her. Yeah, it's very, very strange. I think you're right. If they had just kind of picked one and stuck with it, if she had turned into a giant golden slug, then that would have been cool. We would have lost the production design. Or if they had all been, you know, little golden humanoids or something. Yeah. But I feel like what I was getting at before with the salt was I feel like they really wanted the salt, so that that spoke to what what the character design was but then they sure. really liked the golden thing and they you know the actress i know i had read when i found out that it was benedict cumberbatch's mother also had was going to be in goldfinger the james bond movie oh and it was going to be i don't know if you're familiar with the movie but they the mm-hmm. goldfinger that monster paints a uh, woman all gold and that would have been her role and she was looking forward to doing that for whatever reason she couldn't so now she was excited she would get painted gold for Doctor Who. So you get to check that off of her. Yeah, she got to resume. check off that her bucket list. So it was like, okay, they really wanted salt, so they went with the slug, but they really wanted yeah, yeah. gold, so they went with the gold, and it was like, you got to pick one. Pick one. Yeah, that would have been nice. But I mean, they're between you know two different script editors, so maybe if we had stuck with one script editor, we would have had a more consistent experience with both of that. I don't know. Yeah, um, these Doctor Who toys are very cool. So if anyone from the BBC is listening, you should send those to us. <laughs> Or even BritBox. I know BritBox is totally <laughs> listening. Guys, send us some stuff. Um, one piece of Doctor Who canon that we get from this story, mm. I believe, is, is the fact that the TARDIS emits a low-intensity yes. uh, telepathic field. As soon as they said that, I thought of you, Dan. I was like, Dan will love this Because part. I have a low-intensity yep. telepathic field. But now, uh, now yeah, can yeah, you yeah. talk I, a little bit that. about that? So, like, because that whole I, – I watched that scene twice. Because I didn't understand what they were talking about. The doctor mm-hmm. says a bunch of stuff, and then she's like, oh, the TARDIS can understand you? And then he says, yeah, there's a low telepathic blah, blah, blah. But yeah. what were they – what did the – wasn't he saying good girl? And then the, he was saying the TARDIS liked Leela's thought patterns, and then she's like right. – But what was – what? Explain well, that to the, me. It was the It was the joke towards the beginning that – the doctor says he's in complete control of the TARDIS, and she's mm-hmm. like, no, you're not, and blah, blah, blah. I'm in, I'm in complete control, and then, obviously, the next beat is the whole TARDIS going sideways, and they're like, you know, they, yeah. it's, he's out of control of it. And it's by Leela, you know, kind of soothing and placating the uh, the uh, TARDIS that it then writes itself, I guess, is the implication. Oh, is that there. what happened? So, okay, I, I didn't, that, I didn't follow. I kind of saw it. I followed the idea that there was a low 
intensity field or whatever. Sure. But I didn't know, like, what did it read from Leela that it liked? It was fine. But sticking yeah. with some of the writing, because what you just said made me think of another part that I loved, was when Leela's describing the doctor and she's like, he's kind and gentle or whatever. And there's like a hard cut to him kicking, <laughs> being mad as a yeah. prisoner and like kicking the, a can or I don't remember what he's kicking. He's yeah, kicking yeah, yeah. something. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Are we, um, <laughs> we do it? I don't know what else to say about it. Sure. I mean, I, don't, it, I like it. There's moments of Tom Baker. It's not just him. It's, it's the, the, you know, the writers writing for him, I think, uh, you know, writing towards his, his strengths. Um, he had just so much to do. And those are the things I found so enjoyable about all of his performances. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know ha- what he makes it better. If this had been some other doctor's story, it wouldn't have worked nearly as well. As it did. No, and I don't know how much Tom Baker improvises, too. Like, it feels like a lot of it's probably off the cuff or just little things. And all this, like, he's just great. And watching this, like, sometimes I get bogged down or or there's stories I got to watch. And then watching this was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly why I love Doctor Who and particularly Tom Baker. I just could watch him do this stuff all day. And it's the setting I I really liked. Right. This one was very much... Uh, up your alley. I knew that from the beginning. It but was. Just, um, I, I. It could have been. I think it just could have been better for me. It just. It, it wasn't as effective as I wish it had I'm, been. Yeah, I'm interested so. now to know what our listeners thought or what the world oh. in general thought. Because I don't know if it's well regarded or not well regarded or what have you. But since the years, a little bit like it, but a little bit lukewarm, and I think it's great. Do people tend to be t- closer to you? Um, okay, well, I guess we can just jump into it. Uh, yeah, I, unless you have anything else, I think I we covered everything, right? Yeah, no, I think I think we're we're good. Um, I forgot to ask for feedback. So until did this I. Morning. I was supposed so, to do that on uh, Instagram. I said I would do that from now on. Completely forgot. Did yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I didn't get um, as much feedback as we normally would get because I just didn't do it until this morning. Um, but we did get some. Uh, notes from our friends here. So I think generally people found this story um, much more creepy than I did. I think it's a definitely from from the uh, several of the different messages we got. People said it was a story they would rewatch or have rewatched many times. Yeah, and that's not that. always the case. Can you pause um, so for generally. two seconds? More I than can. two seconds. I need more than two seconds. I forgot to mention the place, the location is the same location as. Pyramids of Mars, another story I love, which is owned by Mick Jagger. So, oh. go on, yeah. The Stargroves Estate in Hampshire, uh, which was owned by Mick Jagger. Thank you, Wikipedia. Would have been great if Mick had just kind of made a cameo in the background, mm. just walking from the kitchen to the bathroom or something. Okay, so let's check out some of our feedback on this uh, on this story. Um, so, yeah, so some of our feedback we got, um, Image of the Fendel from a... Christmas Paddock says, uh, I love the story. It's one of the few times who went full 70s horror, and it's not exactly brilliant, but it's an amazingly fun ride and very watchable. Old crones, alien skulls with pentagrams, weird slugs getting shot with salt. What's not to like? Um, so, yeah, I, I, the, I, uh, I think that sums up my feelings as well. And I really like the. I had a, a story idea for a very long time about. Uh, psychic killer and then they do like a brain scan and they had written a message on a body that they were uh, to send to someone via the head and like when they did that piece with the pentagram on the brain scan that was awesome i just i just thought that was such a cool image and like no i like it was just like a a cool idea like i'd never 
seen anything like that so now it's like I'm, i don't feel as original as i once did no i think uh you could still totally write that story yep. and just incorporate a pentagram into it uh uh wj bird says uh, i like this a lot chris boucher boucher the booch uh should have gone on to write more or even produce the show but i read on wikipedia that tom baker upset him uh, interesting uh he gets well, the gothic side of who what do you mean scary though Does and he... weird in a good way Oh, no, this is, this is, uh, Bird says, in parentheses, but I read on Wikipedia that Tom Baker upset him. So we'll have to look that up. That. Yeah, so maybe there's a little friction there, but it didn't Sounds like maybe there's a lot of friction around Tom Baker, maybe a little bit. I feel like he has a he's very admitted big to personality. That. Yeah, he's admitted to that, too, and yeah. has since apologized, I think, because the show was so big, and he was yes. such a big part of it, that maybe he... His ego, maybe? His ego, maybe, a little bit. Yeah. But I love him. I can't stay mad at him. No. How could you? He's great. Uh, Misfit Scully says, Hi, guys. Love the pod lots. I won't lie. I haven't seen this in years. I'm currently at the end of Troughton's era of my rewatch of everything. Regarding uh, Fendel, I know this was written before K-9 joined as regular, which is why he is briefly seen. Mm -hmm. Keep the great work. Thank you very much. Um... Paul says, probably the most frightening classic Who story still creeps me out today. Regulars were on form and the guest cast is brilliant. Fendeline are a bit slow and pondering to feel as threatening as the Daleks or Cybermen, but the costumes look great. Best story in season 15. So I think we can agree with a lot of that. I'm, see, that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember what else is in season I still find it so creepy, though. Like, I get the setting and everything. I, I, whatever. I've said it 20 times already. Anyway. Uh, great. Nitro9 says, I've only watched it the one time because it was just too creepy for me. So different from the usual. It's been a couple of decades. Is it safe to watch now? I think it's more than safe. Oh, uh, yeah. Eric I would, I would definitely watch it, right I would watch it again. Absolutely. Um, Eric is watching it as we're talking right now. Uh, and then Paul Ferber says, it's, Lovecraft- it's Lovecraftian horror as the Doctor faces a childhood nightmare that could wipe out his favorite planet and learn the Time Lords didn't prevent it long ago. Although the timers, they, I think the implication is they tried to. Is the implication that they tried to prevent it from happening and it didn't work, or that they didn't prevent it and then tried to wipe away all record of their failure by hiding the planet from all records? And I assumed when I watched it that they tried to the wipe it out and, and maybe thought they did, but this thing got away. Whether or not that's yeah. the case, I don't know. Now, did the Time Lords didn't create this species, did no. they? Okay. No, no. I think they were they were just trying to prevent it, or either either trying to prevent it, or trying to clean up the evidence of it for some reason. And it seems like the latter to me, because um, Tom, uh, Tom, uh, the Doctor felt very um, angry about this once once he felt found out that you know the whole planet was put into a time loop, and that's something only Time Lords can do, and it's also something they shouldn't do. So yeah. I don't know if he was offended by the fact that they did that, or that they. It was just the fact that they did that, or that it's that they were doing some sort of cover up. It's kind of a strange to thing, too. I mean, you get into the whole time thing, but like the doctor is well aware of this planet, and right. then she goes to find it. it, and then it's been hidden. So, at what point did they hide it? Because the thing has been on Earth for twelve million years. The skull's twelve million years old, right. so it had left its planet and then got to Earth, but it was a skull. How did the skull get off of the fifth planet and onto our planet? Well, I think, and I, obviously, time I had thought doesn't... that it was. I had thought that it was like 
the energy the being turned into energy and came to earth and infected a person that was that's that's that was, was patient like zero humanoid. yeah that's and that's then he kind died of maybe and it's then, not i don't know but that's, that's where, how are I, where are patient zero's bones maybe they're also infected that need to get dropped perhaps. into a collapsing star that's true. He does mention. Does he not mention briefly that it's the you know it's the fifth planet, so um, it's after Mars, and that that's what destroyed Mars. Like on the way here, it consumed Mars. That was part of his theory. Uh, so those are the uh, thank you for the tweets. Um, next time we'll be sure to send those out much sooner again, so you can reply and let us know what you thought about it. Uh, but we also got Eric's favorite thing in the world. We did. Yeah. New review. New review! Yeah, from the uh, outside of the United States, because we have no no U.S. ones. Easily one of the best Who podcasts out there. Uh, this is from the U.K. Uh, Apple podcast store. Five stars! Thank you! If you like irreverent humor and friendship... Is that irreverent friendship, friendship as well? Yep. Irreverent humor and irreverent friendship... <laughs> Together with the idea of two guys discovering the depths of Doctor Who for the first time, give this a listen. From mispronunciations that have me giggling to conjecture and candid opinions, this podcast is an utter joy to listen to. Give them some love because they deserve it. Thank you. We do deserve it. Yep. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Uh, We appreciate the uh, the feedback on the app stores of your choice. Um, So that's the feedback we got this this week about these stories. uh, anything else that we're that we're getting that's kind of related to new who stuff once eric and i get around to catching up on that perhaps we'll come back and revisit that at that point because i'm sure we'll have feelings about it we especially given that there seems to be a whole lot of stuff that connects to classic who canon but we're just very far behind on these things um so thank you for that feedback as well we will definitely get to it at some point yeah i will get to it once want. i buy it because i have to buy it and i i don't, don't want to do that buy right it. now um <laughs> If you uh, want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on Twitter at TODW Show. Uh, same on the Instagram. If you uh, want to send us an email, you can send it to us at the old Doctor Who Show at yeah. gmail.com. You can visit our website at the old Doctor Who Show.com where you can see all of our previous episodes, all of the gifts that I upload for each of these uh, individual stories. Um, you can leave comments on each of those story pages and on the schedule page if you uh, feel like it. Um, yeah. What else, Eric? Is that it? Well, I mean, 91 hours of uh, Doctor Who review is a lot, Dan. That uh, is a lot we're of We're about who. to hit 92 when we review The Awakening next. Uh, so set your eyeballs to uh, Peter Davison, because on April 1st, uh, we will be reviewing The Awakening. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, oh, wait, Jay, don't, don't you then. feel like we already reviewed The Awakening I don't think so. Sounds so familiar. I don't know. Oh, we did the visitation. I think that's what I'm As everyone of. knows, as soon as I record these, I <laughs> immediately forget everything about each story. So I have no idea. I have no idea what it's about. But yes, I was we thinking about it. Literally, thinking we the could have done this story 91 times, and I wouldn't remember. So, But yeah, get ready for Dan's favorite combo, the fifth doctor, Peter Davison, and Tegan, and Turlo. So we're back with those Aww. three again. It's going to be just a just a love fest. But all of them. I'm going to throw out a little bit of info that's going to make you smile. Guess how many episodes, Dan? Is it twelve? Is it is it twelve parter? Two. <gasps> oh yeah! It's oh light, yeah! It's only week. two parts. So <laughs> it's no one has any excuse for missing this. It's a, a 25 minute and a 24 minute, and then you on your way to to doing what you need to do. It's probably a full 
40 minutes of the doctor just <laughs> yelling at Tegan, which is going to be great. Can't wait. Okay, until then, though, folks, um, keep your time scanners set. Keep to- your... Yeah, and follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Yep. Egrissom on both, and you are uh, Dan J and J on both. Dan J and J. Yeah, it's easy. Cool. Yeah. Peace. We're done, I think. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, bye. Yeah. I, from the little that I can glean, because I, uh, I'm not even avoiding spoilers, I just, not super interested for some reason. Um, apparently there's a lot of, like, classic Who stuff in it. Yeah, that's what people have pointed out to us. I mean, I think also the fact that I stopped clicking on anything Doctor Who related, it doesn't even, the algorithms no longer serve me the content. (laughs) So I just, like, they're like, they figured out the only thing I want to learn about is Animal Crossing. All right, so uh, can we come back in? Yeah, you're not excited for we, Animal Crossing. Are we not? Are we not? Is this is this happening? Is this part of the show? I don't care. <laughs> it's the kiss of death from Mr. Goldfinger. Pretty girl, beware of this heart of gold. This heart is cold. Where's my robot, you know?